Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch! Because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Mike Lyson. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And Morgan, this is Season 2, Episode 14, Big Monday. Oh, yeah. Don't get it confused. This is not Big Monday, the sequel. This is Big Monday. Yeah, it's not even Fat Tuesday. It's Big Monday. It's not even Small Vember. It's Big Monday. Small Temper. Small, is it Small? No, it's Small Vember. No. Is it Small Temper? That's the, isn't that the bit they always do yes. on the Flophouse? Yeah, yeah, well... Now I'm not even sure which one is the right one and which one is the wrong one in the bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Same. Okay, well, you know what, folks? Uh, if you're not confused by this inside joke uh, that we have just done, well, this this episode ain't going to make any sense either. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about it a little bit. So, this episode yeah. was written by Gary Capo. Julian Watley and Michael Burke. So Michael Burke, we don't need to explain him too much. If you remember, the show was created by Douglas Schwartz, Michael Burke, and Gregory J. Bonin. So he's one of the original three creators. Gary Capo mm-hmm. has only written for Baywatch, basically. Really? There's a documentary okay. I can't find anything about. But oh, wow. yeah, it, it's weird. But he mainly works as a director of photography, like. Second unit director for Geostorm, Olympus Has Fallen, Iron Man 3, Incredible Hulk, X-Men 2, Mission Impossible 2, Face Off, Waterworld, and main director of photography for montages of 147 episodes of Baywatch. Holy shit. So he's still working. I mean, I feel like that does explain a lot because... The montages in this show, even when they are long and boring and stupid, they do often look really good. Yeah, they're so. always shot kind of interestingly. Yeah, yeah. I The one I still think about quite frequently is the montage in the episode where Mitch is becoming an actor and it's being shot as like a music video with it cutting in and out of like sepias and blacks and whites. <laughs> What's well, supposed and, to look like, like it's shot on a Super 8? But it's yeah, not. yeah, that one's cool. I don't think he did that one. No, wait. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So he did. Oh, nice. He started in season two. So. Oh, OK. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that was a season two episode. Uh, so, yeah, he probably did that one. He's also the director of photography for the main title sequence of Baywatch. Oh, so, okay. so, yeah. So, you know, he, he knows what he's doing, but mostly second unit yeah. uh, or second unit director. Now, Julian Watley is primarily a first assistant camera, uh, and having been that on Basic Instinct, Lethal Weapon 3, 7, with the 7 in the middle of the 7, and (laughs) Pam Anderson's Barbed Wire. But also, he did cinematography for Corn, Freak on a Leash, and (laughs) and Cherry Poppin' Daddy's Zoot Suit Riot. (laughs) Wow. Um, wow. Didn't think we'd bring up the Cherry Pop and Daddies again. I think we've brought them up before. 
on this. There's no way we haven't. I know that it's such a. Do I say great or do I say horrible? I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> iconic. Let's go with iconic. Yeah, iconic. Sure. <laughs> it's not the best swing revival band uh, that would be the Squirrel Nut Zippers, uh, mm-hmm. but it does have the worst name of all of the swing revival bands. So, yes, there you go. Also closely followed by Squirrel Nut Zippers. Yeah, well, of course, because the, the <laughs> best one is... The Brian Setzer Orchestra, which is just like, okay, that just seems like a normal name. Cool. Great. Uh, yeah. But I do own four Scroll Nut Zipper albums on CD. Uh, wow. I, I really enjoy the Scroll Nut Zippers. I didn't know you were such a zip head. Oh, yeah. I'm such a, 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 a nut hoarder, you know? <laughs> so love me. Love me. I love nutting. Yeah. <laughs> Some days I wake up and I'm like... Time the nut. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we've gotten this episode off on a good foot. <laughs> good. Zipper. No. <laughs> Anyways, this is directed by Gregory J. Bonin. Mm. So I, I feel like that makes some sense. It feels a little bit tone deaf, which sure does. Follows the Gregory well. J. Bonin experience. And mm-hmm. it was aired February 10th, 1992. Now, let's talk about some guest stars. Manu Tupo is Mitch's Hawaiian friend. That's literally his yeah. credit. Mitch's Hawaiian friend. They don't, he doesn't ever say his name. He just says friend. They do actually once late in the episode. Um, it's Clarence. Um, what? They cut it out of Yeah. My- Oh, interesting. Yeah, so he's just credited yeah. on IMDb as Mitch's Hawaiian friend. Yeah, so I mean, that's how he's credited in the original episode as well, um, and on IMDb. So yeah, I don't know why they didn't feel the name, or didn't feel the need to, you know, credit him by his character's name, but okay. I'll tell you why. It's because he's not Hawaiian. <laughs> well, He's <yes>. from Fiji. <laughs> uh, yep. You know, I mean, at least at least he's a Pacific Islander, which is still like obviously still not great that they're just like you're from the Pacific Islands. You can they, play they anyone from there. Get, like, um, oh god, who was it? Uh, they're not just get like John Wayne to, to be like here's Mitch's Hawaiian <laughs> friend, and he's like, I mean, howdy, partner, aloha. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I, I would know. love that. It's it'd be racist. I mean, a I would, but I'd love it. Oh yeah, no. I mean, a I would love it, and b honestly wouldn't be that surprised if Baywatch did that. Have you seen uh, the characters that Buzz Belmondo plays in this show? Well, look, there's <laughs> Vito is not racist because he's not anything. <laughs> uh, the other character, sure. okay, maybe, but. Fido, yeah, he he's just from the planet Edo, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, next we have <laughs> Don Jafori, who plays Sharon Seeger, the mom in this episode. While mm-hmm. having her fair share of roles in acting, she mostly served as additional crew on things. So, for example, she served as an acting coach for a few shows, including Paul Blart Mall Cop. Oh. A dialogue coach for a few shows, including Paul Blart Mall Cop. 
<laughs> and Baby Wrangler for a few shows, including that. Can I take a guess? Yeah, take a guess. Kindergarten Cop? No. Take one more guess. <laughs> um, the Tooth Fairy. No, it's a fairy Harold and Kumar Christmas. <laughs> you guessed it. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yep. Now, next we have Vincent Klin, who plays Sonny Palua. He's, I mean, his role was mostly just he's a really attractive Hawaiian man in this. I mean, that's. that's yes. Cool. But he's famous for roles in things like John, the Jean-Claude Van Damme film Cyborg, where he plays the villain named Fender Tremolo. Well, I want to see that movie now. There's three of them. So, yes, we will. Yes. Uh Oh, yeah. He also plays three different characters in Baywatch over six appearances. He only has one. Wow. One appearance as Sonny. And he comes back in like five years from now. They do that a lot where it's like in five years, he'll be back. Uh, And and he has a few appearances. (laughs) But he's also famous in the 80s for being named one of the. uh, This is actually really funny because I misspelled this. Uh, It's top five surfers in the entire world. But I wrote down top five surgers, and I like to think that's people who drink this surge energy drink. Ooh, yeah, he's the um, the Joey Chestnuts of surge. <laughs> that's the, the worst thing to ever be, the Joey Chestnut of surge. Actually, fun fact, at my last company, we had this um, like corner store across the street, and... At, after a certain amount of time, it was like basically us just keeping them alive. So mm-hmm. we would always like re- request things for them and they would get it because they knew that we would we would you know get it if, if they got it. So apparently for a while, people started requesting surge in like 2017, 2018. Wow. A drink from the late 90s and they got it and people were wow. buying surge. But I'm like, I didn't even know you could get surge still yeah shit you should have requested some other 90s drinks like start having them stock like balls or something that's not a 90s drink isn't it i don't know no balls was popular when i was like in high school that's like late thousands i don't know look (laughs) as we all know all right how about how about ecto cooler then i don't even know ecto cooler uh, that was the, uh, I believe it was Mountain Dew, but Ghostbusters themed soda. It's a, but but what's the flavor? I uh, I don't actually know. Like goo goop or is it like slime flavored? It's probably gonna be like banana or something. <laughs> uh, oh, it is a high C. Okay, uh, so like orange. Yeah, it is uh, orange tangerine flavored green drink. <laughs> that's that's OK. So I'm going to edit my OK Cupid profile to say <laughs> that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a yes, horrible I, idea, but I'm probably going to do endorse it this fully. anyways. <laughs> uh, and, you know, actually, I'll, I'll use like one of the dating apps I don't use much, which isn't any of them mm. right now, but. One of the like the lesser ones and just make it like that one line and do that. Uh, yeah. Now, OK, so moving on <laughs> away from Surge, 
is Michelle Collins, who appears as blank. She's not credited for anything, any role, but her name is there. This is just like the actress's name is there. But they couldn't think of anything to credit her for. (laughs) Anyways, she's the most famous person in this episode, which is the odd part. So she only if you're British, though. Uh, Ah. So she's was in 502 episodes of the British soap EastEnders and oh, okay, 447 episodes of the British soap Coronation Street. She's also in an episode uh, uh, like a, I guess, semi early episode of uh, the 10th Doctor's reign uh, during the Martha era. also, she's in Dark Man Three: Die, Dark Man Die, which is not something I knew existed. <laughs> I love the well. Love is a strong word for the original Dark Man. Uh, have you ever seen Dark Man? I've never even heard it's of it. It's a early Liam Neeson movie. Oh, basically, uh, this guy works at a factory. I think it is, uh, and or something like that. And he gets thrown into a vat, and it like burns off his skin. But but it, it also burns off his nerve endings, so he doesn't feel pain anymore. But holy that shit, starts to drive him crazy, and he has all these tattered rags. And his power is that some whatever goo he landed into made him like very malleable, so he can transform his face and voice. So he like impersonates people, and he's strong. Aww. So. He just pretends to be people and then beats the shit out of people. So, yeah, All right. it's an OK movie. Um, but, yeah, there's a third ma- third one called Die, Dark Man, Die, which I think is funny. <laughs> uh, next up, we have my favorite actress. Yet again, Gina Rodriguez, not the one from Jane the Virgin, uh, the porn <laughs> star, is back again as Beach Girl for her second and last appearance. Rest in peace, Beach Aww. Girl. Uh, Gina Rodriguez is alive. I don't know why I'm saying that. Uh, now, also, as far as I understand, there's actually a lot of deaf and hard of hearing people in this episode, including mm-hmm. uh, our main actress, who is uh, deaf, blind in one eye, and has no hip sockets. Um. And wow. she was a gymnast or. Wow. Yeah, she was like in the Paralympics and stuff. Crazy story. Her story is amazing. I didn't want to go super far into it. Uh, just look her up mm-hmm. on NDB or Wikipedia. But the teacher in the school actually works with deaf and hard of hearing people. So, you know what? They did some some 90s. They 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 for for went for gone. For win, they did not. What? They did not do '90s casting. By which I mean they actually ah. cast deaf and hard of hearing people. Yeah, yeah. For win, the the other the other really interesting fact about her because I was looking her up on IMDb as well because I was curious if she was actually hard of hearing um, or deaf, and she actually shows up later on Baywatch. I don't know if you saw this, but her her next appearance on Baywatch is actually as herself. The Paralympist, where Mitch meets her. Oh. As a Paralympist in like season six or eight or something. That's, um. It's kind of cool, actually. 
Yeah, I'm actually kind of excited to get to that episode now. There's, we're just excited to finish the show. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> look, we got to get back so in season eight we can meet the coolest kid around, you know, once he's all grown up and, mm-hmm. you know, hanging out with Hobie again or something. I'd be like, I stole your girl. Uh, or so we can get to the reunion movie so we can see Mason Sato again. Yeah. We're just really excited for what for what's to come. But speaking of what's to come, Morgan, take us into this episode. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so we start off with Kay on the beach getting herself a tan and reading a book. And then Mitch drives up in his truck and they flirt a little bit. And he's like, don't forget to turn over. And she's like, why don't you turn me over on the way back? And Mitch goes like, fuck, yeah, I will. And drives off. And then she goes, what did I say? <laughs> yeah, I, that was, Why did I do that? That, that was endearing. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Yeah. No, I, it was genuinely very funny and cute. Yeah. Like there's um, there's an issue in this episode. I, I say issue, which is that <laughs> Kay is likable in this episode. Like yes. more so than she's ever been. Yeah. And like more so than any character almost has ever been. Uh, <laughs> not really. Not not yeah. really. That's like not actually. But she's she's just she goes from like, OK, to Wow, she's really likable really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's definitely not super consistently written, but I've been enjoying her acting. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, look at them. The Hasselhoff acting dynasty. (laughs) After that, we get a point of view shot from a young deaf girl who's wandering on the beach for a while. Um And then Mitch drives up to Shawnee's tower and they chat for a little bit and some teens are just playing music too loud on the beach and they won't listen to Shawnee. Um, And she she asked Mitch to seduce them. Yeah. There's so there's an odd thing. The only reason the only reason they did this Mm -hmm. was to in my mind, some sort of weird like. Do you know the SNL skit about Frank Sinatra and uh, Stevie Wonder? No, it's Frank Sinatra and um, and Ray I, Charles. I don't. Okay. So, I do so not. So they do the song Ebony and Ivory, but they do this line and it goes, so they're doing this song Ebony and Ivory. It's it's supposed to be Frank Sinatra and, and Stevie Wonder. And so it's Frank Sinatra's Joe Piscopo and Stevie Wonder is Eddie Murphy. And mm. uh, so there's a part where Stevie Wonder goes, I am dark and you are light. And Frank Sinatra goes, you are you are blind as a bat and I have sight. Uh, and <laughs> I feel like it's supposed to be like that because the previous scene was this girl going up to Kay and Kay speaks to her. And we see Kay's mm-hmm. lips moving, but we don't hear any sound. And so the next scene is now there's too much sound. And I feel like they were they were very much like, oh, yeah, people won't get it unless we do with a dichotomy of sound. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very poor as a choice. It's not needed at all. Uh, and it just will accept. Mm-hmm. Except it does set up a big Monday, the sequel. So, you know, no, it doesn't cut that. It's not needed to set up big Monday, the sequel. 
You could set up Big Monday too without that. You don't even have to even have to have him move. You could literally have him standing at the lifeguard tower, and then a PA system goes off. Oh wait, he's hearing it on yeah. the radio, isn't he? Yeah. Oh but, God, but, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I thought I thought there was j- okay. So until now, I had seen it. I watched this episode twice, and I just assumed there's speakers all over the beach. And they just randomly oh. have DJs. I didn't even think about the fact that there's a goddamn radio right in front of him, and that's how he hears it. Yeah, yeah, it's coming from the radio. Now, in fairness, and we'll get to this in a sec. I mean, really, we can get to it now. Um, it's very stupid, um, which basically um, Lily, who is the deaf girl, has wandered off, and her mom goes looking for her running around the beach, and then Kay points her in the right direction, and then he uh, points her Mitch in the right gets, direction and asserts heavily talk to a lifeguard. They find kids, you know. Um, yeah. Like, look, dude, I'm watching Baywatch. I'm already pro lifeguard here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then then Mitch gets down on one knee uh, to ask the teens to please turn down their music. And they turn down the stereo almost all the way. And then he stands up. And then we perfectly crystal clear hear the DJ say, hey, guess what? It's tsunami season and coming up soon. There's going to be some real big waves. You all remember Big Monday? Well, coming up soon, there's going to be another giant wave. It'll be Big Monday, the sequel. That is literally what the DJ calls it. And it's very dumb. So with this in mind. We enter a controversy here, and it is a controversy of scheduling, and that is either this next big Monday is like 30 years. It's it's we can go 30 years from the date of airing or 30 years from Mm -hmm. the date of shooting. If we go 30 years from the date of shooting, then that basically means we don't know when the next big Monday is. But if we know from Mm -hmm. the date of airing, then we can say that the next big Monday should come February 10th, 2022. And that is a Thursday, um, Uh. which is a recording day for Baywatch Rookie School. Oh, that we will make big Monday, Thursday, (laughs) the Baywatch Rookie School annual big episode. I don't know. We'll make that like our (laughs) we'll make that our thing. Like, you know, it's the biggest our our biggest episode yeah. or whatever is every three years. <laughs> I just realized that uh, is is every listen. <laughs> if if we're still doing this podcast in thirty years, I I don't even know. I don't know how to conceptualize that idea. Well, <laughs> oh look, I mean, there's 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 multiple series to go through. Uh, yeah. And of course, it, it you know, it's not like this podcast comes out every week. It comes out once a month. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> you know, it just takes so much time to edit. Uh, mm-hmm. There's such high quality here. And so, oh, yeah, you know, you know, it might take us 30 years. And by that time, yeah, you know, it's not just going to be the waves that are swelling. It's going to be our hands <laughs> and our feet because <laughs> we have gout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Exactly. So every year, February 10th will be mm-hmm. a big, big whatever day it is. And it will be Baywatch <laughs> Rookie School holiday. I love that idea. Well, uh, listeners, remind me because I will. Yeah. <laughs> or I won't forget. Same. I don't know. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Are you going to put this in our calendar? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, wait. Okay, this goes on the Baywatch calendar. Big Thursday. Big event. <laughs> Exclamation point inside the parentheses and out. Because uh, that's, that's how you know it's big. And yeah. save. Okay, so yeah. Beautiful. Big Wait, did I accidentally put it for February 11th? Oh, shit. Uh, (laughs) No, no, I put it for February 10th. Cool. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So it's the next (laughs) big swell. Uh, So apparently Mm -hmm. 30 years ago was a giant wave. And Mitch has some sort of trauma flashback with creepy music and visions of waves crashing over a young kid who clearly has a 90s style haircut not a 60s style haircut but whatever and then uh the the mom comes running at him but he's not listening at all yeah i the the music playing under this i don't know if it was the same in the remaster but in the original it's like vaguely threatening sitar music and it's so weird so what they do in my version a lot is they do a lot of like a lot of like mm-hmm. actually pretty scary drums. I thought it was pretty cool, mm. uh, especially given the fact that their whole thing that they're going for here is like Hawaiian themed, I guess, doing sort of. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, yeah, they I, I guess it makes sense. But either way, yeah, so there's music playing to really show us that he's distracted because sound, sound is the key to Mm -hmm. this episode. It's true. But, uh, yeah, Lily is in the water. Sorry, we don't. Oh, yeah, they tell us her name. Her name is Lily. She's in the water. She's going to drown. So Mish runs in to save her. Yeah, they tell her they tell us her name when her mom is running around and asks Kay if she's seen her daughter and Kay says, what's her name? And her mom goes, it's Lily, but it doesn't matter. She can't hear you. Um, her mom, her mom is a piece of shit for most of this episode. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And we're going to get into that um, as well. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Lily uh, got caught in a riptide. And so Mitch goes to save her um, because Lily's mom, as she loudly yells, can't swim. Um Oh, they don't, I don't but, remember them saying that. That explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah, when she's, like, standing at the edge of the water with Shawnee, she's yelling, I can't swim! Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not that exciting or important. Um, but Mitch, because he was distracted by his maybe PTSD flashbacks, I feel like it's, it is. it's unclear. I feel like it is. It, it's definitely the 90s version of PTSD. Um, I mean, I mean, it's it's semi accurate. 
Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's not a terrible representation if that's what it is. Um, which, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a psychiatrist, so. Why, why aren't you? But, I mean, it was my minor in college, so. Ooh. That, that um, okay. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I mean, luckily, I went for a much more financially lucrative uh, major, which was acting. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it really translated well over to Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast true. where two men <laughs> act. Like they give a shit about Baywatch. I give a shit. I keep doing no, it. No, I do too. <laughs> if I, I didn't too. give a shit, I wouldn't keep doing that. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, Mitch is distracted by his flashback, and so he gets there a little bit too late. Uh, but don't worry. Because uh, a ridiculously built Hawaiian man is there to save Lily. Yeah. And he just, like, emerges from the water like a merman <laughs> and hands Lily to Mitch and just, like, kind of, like, winks at him and leaves. <laughs> and it was it was kind of erotic, I gotta say. Of- if it wasn't in the context of, uh, you know, a drowning child. It was super erotic, and Mitch acknowledges it later. <laughs> Yes. And then the best part is once once this guy, Sonny, hands Lily off to Mitch, he just swims back into the riptide. (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) he's basically he's no more king of the waters. uh, And so he just uh, he just disappears. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then after that, uh, Lily's back on shore, and so Mitch is doing CPR because she's not breathing. And a lot and of people are watching. Yeah, a huge crowd as various lifeguards push through the crowd over and over again to uh, stand there and watch. Um, real useful, guys. Um, yeah. And then... it's um, There's something odd about how in this show they constantly have to dispel the interests of Every random onlooker who thinks maybe I'm going to get to see someone die today. And every time they're up to like, OK, yeah. go away, people, except for this time where they don't tell people to go away. They just like talk. Yeah. But out loud in front of people who are mm-hmm. just like. I'm staring as nothing's supposed to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't understand it. But, yeah, eventually Lily wakes up and hands Mitch a shark tooth necklace that was definitely not from anyone here. So it must have been from Sonny, our mysterious Hawaiian friend, but not, to be clear, Mitch's Hawaiian. No, no, no. That's a different character who we'll meet later. (laughs) Um, And then we get a scene uh, where Hobie and his friends are out surfing and. Hobie doesn't want to surf any of the really big waves, uh, so his friends go, Cheep, cheap, what are you, chicken? What, um, what do they and actually call him, Morgan? They call him a chicken. Yeah, they call him something else. Oh, I don't remember. They call him the world-famous chicken of the sea. Now, <laughs> oh, yeah. you may remember <laughs> from the YouTube video I forced you to watch from the Jessica Simpson reality TV show, Morgan... Sometimes yes. we can get confused by is chicken of the sea chicken or is it tuna? Because I know it's True. tuna, but it says chicken. <laughs> and then 
what's going to happen is your husband is going to turn around and just stare at you and he's not going to say anything. <laughs> and then you're just going to go, well, which is it? And you're just going to continue to stare and then go, mm-hmm. well, you ate it. And then you'll go, yeah, but it says chicken. And you'll again respond, no, chicken of the sea is the brand. And then you, if you are Jessica Simpson, will go, oh. Mm-hmm. Thank yep. you. I, I I put insert Jessica Simpson tangent here in my notes. Uh, so thank you. Anyways, yeah, these aren't really his friends. They can't be his friends. They're bullies. No. Yeah. But they're just shitty kids. But Hobie comes has the comeback of the century. In fact, maybe the millennia. They ask him, are the waves too big for you? And Hobie says, yeah, they are. Not. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Hobie, you could have just said no. Why did you have to, yeah, but that's, have to go, yeah, they are, then go not? But that's such a 90s thing. Like the... The not at the end of everything. Yeah, but it doesn't make you look any better in front of bullies. Sure, sure. But I do miss when that was a thing. It's, I mean, look, the last time it was a thing was was Borat. Uh, <laughs> but true. Uh, actually, you know, I don't want to risk my social standing by bringing that back. I ain't, do- <laughs> I ain't doing that. It's already it's already fractured. I, I, I ain't making it worse. I don't know. I feel like the two of us might be in the prime position to bring back 90s culture. You mean unfunny? Like, a- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. OK, uh, but also, you know, we have a Baywatch podcast. We've seen TRL live and yeah. with what's his name from Smash Mouth. Yeah. So really, I think I think we're the next culture influencer. I mean, we're talking about I mean, this is wait, wait, wait. This will sound seamless editing. <laughs> I'm leaving in this entire poll, oh, by the way. And, and, <laughs> and we loved the Squirrel Nut Zippers, who released four albums in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, look, exactly. there's nothing more 90s when it comes to music than the Squirrel yep. Nut Zippers. Am I right? <laughs> it's them. It's true. And the, it's the true. Cherry Poppin' Daddies and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's entrance music. Okay, this is time mm-hmm. for a very random tangent. I just, I didn't know where to work All it right. into the episode, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna work it in right here. Sounds good. Which is that uh, I was watching this thing before, uh, and it's this video about. The best wrestling gimmick of all time. Uh, and his name is Itchweed. But with what? three E's. And the gimmick is basically, what if Boomhauer, but more incomprehensible and more hyper and eats weed? Huh. Oh, like, just eats, like... Uh, like bud? Uh, apparently like, off screen, yeah. But like eats, eats, okay. eats bud. Uh, and that's why he's got three E's in itch weed. Uh, <laughs> I'm sad that all three E's are in weed because it would be much funnier if there was just like a silent E at the end of itch. 
Ah, oh, that would be. That would be. Uh, but look, you got to accentuate the weed in Itchweed. And he, he he just rambles like crazy. At one point, he sings a song about, uh, like, Santa's here for all. Santa's coming with his big red balls, uh, which is like, what? <laughs> As, yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Um, and I was trying to think... <laughs> Is there a better gimmick than Itchweed? Because, I mean, clearly that's the greatest thing ever. Uh, which mm-hmm. brings me to the true point of this tangent, which is a character called The Wall Brother. Uh, so The <laughs> Wall Brother is this character played by this guy who's pretty tall. Tall like a wall. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, that famous. Song. Yeah, exactly. And the whole the whole thing. His like yeah he had some few a few matches but his whole notoriety can be summed up by one segment where Hulk Hogan is in an outdoor ring. Actually, wait a second, is this from? Oh, is this that clip? Which one? Okay, didn't you send me this clip on Twitter at one point? Uh, I don't think I did. Oh, maybe not. Maybe I did. Maybe was- I did. I don't know. Okay. Well, maybe maybe I did. Basically, so Hulk Hogan is in the middle of a ring, and he's like, "I beat my opponent," yada yada, like whatever, right? And then mm-hmm. uh, they cut to this building that's like maybe two and a half, three miles away, and it's maybe like twelve stories tall, and there's just this dude. Mm-hmm. On the top, on the roof, who lifts up his hand and he's like, I'm going to like slam you. Right. And Hulk Hogan (laughs) from the ring, three miles away, points at him and goes, I know who that is, brother. That's the wall, brother. Uh, And then he acts like all scared, but it's like that dude's three miles away. What's he going to do to you? So it's like it zooms out and you can see this like very small dot there. And like the crowd's (laughs) supposed to be like, oh, my God, who is it? But they literally can't see who it is. So they're actually confused. (laughs) And like you could see people with like their hand over their eyes going, what is that? Is that? Is that a person? <laughs> what is that? Well, Hulk Hogan just goes, that's the wall, brother. Um, and so uh, one of the Discord chats I'm in, everyone just likes to spam post the wall and then the zoom out. Because the zoom out is like 30 seconds because they're like, oh, shit, we really have to unzoom this thing. Uh, anyway, that sounds amazing. It is. I'll, I'll put in the show notes, whatever. Anyways, um yeah, let's talk about Shawnee and Mitch. Yeah. Um, they have a little scene together where they talk about how Mitch was distracted and almost didn't see Lily, and that would have been bad. And then he's like, this guy showed up out of nowhere. He looked like Kanaloa, I believe is the pronunciation. Yes. The Hawaiian god of the ocean and a bunch of other well, things as well. Well, Morgan... Yes. Time for another tangent. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is a mythology tangent. So I did some research. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are four big gods in Hawaiian mythology. Um, mm-hmm. I could tell you what they are, uh, which would require me to open up this link. 
that I have conveniently saved <laughs> uh, that for some reason isn't loading. I think it's this website's kind of shitty. Uh, so uh, uh, we're going to do a different website. Yay. All right. Uh, okay. So there's four main gods. There's Ku, Kane, Lono, and Kanaloa. So Kanaloa is an ancient Hawaiian god symbolized by the squid and the octopus. So he's typically associated as a complementary power to Kane, who is a procreation god. So, of course, because Mitch wants to fuck mm. him. Um, but mm-hmm. Kanaloa is kind of like a second face of Kane from everything I read. Kind of like Ahura Mazda has is a dual-faced god of Zoroastrianism. It's just sort of like that. Um, so... Mm-hmm. I saw it referenced as the subconscious. Kanaloa is the subconscious. The Kane is conscious. And Kanaloa is considered also to be a god of the underworld while also being an ocean god. Interesting Mm -hmm. to note, though, that while Kanaloa is one of the four major gods, he's apparently, out of all the gods of the Hawaiian mythos, the one that tradition speak the least of, there is the least written about, he is the least important of the four major gods. So what I think ha- happened here is that they had a boat that just said Kanaloa on it and they went with it. <laughs> that sounds extremely like because I don't they didn't have the Internet. So I don't know how they were going to do research on this. I don't think. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe they're like, OK, Hawaiian God. Sure. But like there's there's other gods of of the sea of like billion, not billions, but like, uh, you know, a lot of different traditions. You didn't have to like do Hawaiian gods. Um, yeah. And also like quite a few of them also do represent parts of the water. So I don't know why you specifically went for Kanaloa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at least, at least the two like main guest actors in this, you know, one of them is actually Hawaiian, and the other one is, you know, from Fiji, uh, but is playing Hawaiian. So at least there's, like, a tiny bit of tie-in, but well, it, yeah, it still Ka- feels a little weird. Kanaloa does have an equivalent in uh, different traditions in the Pacific Islands. Uh, I know at least, mm-hmm. uh, I think in Fiji also, they have, uh, like, it's, like, in this, in the way, the way that, like, um... Uh, Jupiter and Zeus are, are you know, the same. It's, it's sure. kind of like that for Kanaloa. Gotcha. So different different traditions have, you know, pretty similar gods. I did, I did think it was cool that they even, like, knew about this and even brought it up. Like, it's not like they were just like, oh, yeah, that's Aphrodite. Everyone knows that's our favorite water person, <laughs> other than the fact that Aphrodite, like, was birthed out of a clam. Um, you know, so it's like that part could make sense. But I think it's cool that they went yeah. for an actual, like, ocean god for the, I mean, every episode's the ocean episode. But for the ocean <laughs> episode of Baywatch. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, you know, it could have been handled a lot worse. That's oh, yeah. For sure. Like like other parts of this episode. Oh, boy. Um, but, yeah, basically the rest of this scene is Mitch just kind of telling Shawnee about Big Monday and 
how he had a flashback to when Big Monday happened. Which was 1961, which is why Mm -hmm. technically 30 years later, it's it's 1991. uh, But I'm going to say it's 1992 so that we haven't missed Big Monday. Yes, I think that's a good idea. Um, next up, we get a scene back in headquarters where Kay is trying to teach Lily sign language and Lily's mom stops her because she doesn't want Lily to learn ASL because the family doesn't believe in it. Yeah, um, because which I because they think it's going to make her different and it's like she's already different. Yeah. Yeah. Kay gives a whole PSA about how exactly like what you just said, like Lily's already different, but that's okay, And you just have to learn to accept it. And it's, oh, boy, remember when I said I liked um, Kay's acting? This is not one of those scenes. It's Um, so weird. It's like, who's this directed towards? Is there like a sizable portion of people that they were like, look, we educate people about water safety and also if you're anti-teaching, like, ASL to your kids, this is the episode for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my understanding is that this was actually not a controversial opinion in the 90s, but certainly not as, like, de rigor the way of doing things as it would be today. I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm not hard of hearing, so, I mean, I... I same. I wouldn't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm not as well. I've just, you know, I've always been fascinated by sign language because it is such a completely different way of communicating. Yeah. Um, so I've I've read like bits and pieces of of history of like deaf and hard of hearing culture and and like the formation of ASL and stuff because I think it's super interesting. Most of the stuff um, I know it comes from my teacher in preschool was uh, had a uh, had a. Um, why am I forgetting what it is on your ear? Uh, 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 cochlear implant? I, I don't know if it was that as much as it was a hearing aid. Uh, gotcha. But, but there is, uh, I, I got reinterested because there was a contestant on the last season of The Bachelor who had a cochlear implant. Oh. Which was really cool. Um, and yeah. so I started following her on Instagram and I was just one day watching her stories and one story, she's like, well, my cochlear implant broke. So here's me doing like, I can't hear it all right now. So I'm trying oh, to wow. talk to you all, but I can't hear myself. And so I'm doing like this express delivery of, of the cochlear implant. Uh, and I have my roommate going around and like helping me like navigate around the city. And she's in New York. So it's like I need mm-hmm. to be able to hear things because she's in Manhattan. Yeah. So, like, she needs to be able to yeah. hear the cars and everything. <laughs> uh, sounds frightening. It, yeah, no, it really does. Um, yeah. Yeah, this whole episode, it's, boy, it's weird. But um, I, so, I don't <laughs> know about you. There's one part of the scene that was exceptionally unco- more uncomfortable. Uh, I'm curious to hear which part of it was for you, because I, I can't think of a specific moment, just kind of the entire scene in general it's when for me. Lily has the meltdown. Um, yeah. I I know it's not necessarily, like, fake. I mean, it is fake. It's acting. But, like... Sure. But it's not, like... 
entirely unrealistic, but I cannot. Yeah, I, I had to mute and turn away. I, there's something about it. I just cannot watch that. I cannot watch the scene of like the girl have like looking at the fish, wanting to interact with the fish and having this meltdown with her mom. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But there's another scene like this later. And I just I could not handle either of those scenes. Yeah. No, I mean, it's played. It's played very real for sure. Like you can really and I'm sure, you know, again, I'm I'm glad that they hired someone who is, um, you know, hard of hearing and is going through a lot of the same struggles as this character is. Um, because, yeah, like you can you can really get that sense of frustration of, you know, again, I, I don't want to speak to anyone's lived experience, but I can only imagine the frustration of like, you know, it's not like your brain is impaired right. in any way by by being hard of hearing. And so you have the same level of, of cogn- cognitive ability and thought that anyone else does, but you don't have the way to express it because your parents have decided that you're not allowed to learn ASL. Right. Um, and yeah, she, you know, like you said, she's tr- she wants to feed the fish and freaks out because her mom isn't getting it and then Kay figures it out and like takes Lily to go feed the fish and then tries to convince the mom to let Kay put Lily in like a school for deaf and hard of hearing kids to teach her sign language um, and points out to the mom like, hey, uh, if you did this, she would actually be able to communicate um, yeah. And the mom is like, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like weird hippie nonsense to me. <laughs> um, Next thing you're, you yeah. know, she's going to be eating the weed like itch weed. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, we have a scene where Shawnee and Hobie are sitting on some rocks well, in well, sepia world. I want to bring up right mm-hmm. that there's this amazing shot. So Shawnee's leaving HQ to say, and she says goodbye to Hobie. And Hobie's standing mm-hmm. arms akimbo at the water, and he's just like staring out at the water. And I could not stop laughing at this. Um, <laughs> my my notes specifically say that right now Hobie is staring at the water, thinking "fuck my life, six six six, everything is doomed." <laughs> <laughs> like he's just clearly just like I'm upset. I don't want to be here. My <laughs> friends made fun of me for not surfing. Uh, mm-hmm. While he's staring out this like beautiful landscape, it's it's just really funny to me. It's so weird. Yeah, I think I missed this shot. I'll have to go back and uh, take a look. It's very good. Um, but yeah, the two of them are are sitting by some rocks and they have a conversation about how you know it's not bad to be safe about things and you're doing the right thing by not wanting to surf those dangerous waves and your friends are being stupid um and then hobie's like you're right my dad's gonna be gone tonight do you want to come over to my place so we can watch surfing videos don't tell my dad and i got flashbacks to season one yes yes Um, i was very worried (laughs) yes Thankfully, he immediately clarifies, 
don't tell my dad that I'm scared to surf the waves. He wouldn't understand. Not don't tell my dad that we're going over to my place to watch surfing videos. Yeah. And luckily, um, they just all they do is just watch surfing videos. And it's very nice. Yes. And, and I'm yes. like, cool. I dig this. Yes. They have they have completely dropped. Thank God. The thread from season one where Hobie uh, was very into Shawnee and Shawnee was not shutting it down as much as she really should. That's because Ho- Hobie <laughs> Prime is a fuck boy. Like in yeah. our multiverse of of Baywatch, <laughs> Hobie Prime. Like, look. I, I originally I was like, fuck this new Hobie. Hobie Prime is where it's at. And I've kind of moved on to new Hobie. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just like Hobie Prime. I'm all of a sudden realizing is just like the absolute worst person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Hobie Prime is a fuck boy. He's the one who's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to convince her to do CPR so I can make out with her. Like, this is the Sandlot. Oh, God. A real plot point from season one. And somehow we say the one is better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, God. Um, But yeah, after they make plans to go watch surfing videos, they we get a scene of Mitch in traffic having more flashbacks of Big Monday. Um, And someone honks at him because he had a flashback at a green light. Um, but then he goes down to the boat polishing yard uh, <laughs> where we get to meet the character like, literally credited as Mitch's Hawaiian friend. This would be totally just like, OK, like in an RPG, like you like take a right and it's just this like dead end that the developers included just to give some like extra context. That's what this area yep. is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did not finish rendering. No. <laughs> there are some missing textures for sure. Yes. Um, the missing textures being the name of this character. Um, yes. <laughs> who is credited as Mitch's Hawaiian friend. Um, but Mitch comes down and it turns out they've known each other for a long time. And uh, Clarence, which is his name, we do learn that briefly later. And so I'm going to call him that instead, because Mitch's Hawaiian friend is a shitty name for a character. It's also too long. Um, yes. Um, Mitch asks Clarence about the shark tooth necklace and Clarence is like, oh, yeah, that's from Sonny. And then they trade banter about how Mitch is too skinny and needs more well, island. Also, food. and you know what? This is the this is the body positivity content I come to Baywatch for. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so fuck fuck thin or die. Yes. This is this is what I want. <laughs> so um apparently uh Sonny is the son of this guy called the Duke. But mm-hmm. I looked up Duke Ellington and his son is named Mercer Ellington, <laughs> not Sonny Palua. <laughs> Anyways, this guy advises Mitch to this guy, Clarence advises Mitch to paddle out into the ocean and the answer will come to him. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and Mitch stands there like understanding, but also confused because he doesn't know what he needs answered in the first place. Uh, yep. And so Clarence throws out a bunch of like weird. Is the word aphorisms? That's not it. Yeah. Uh, is it aphorisms? Whatever. I think so. I mean, I, aphorisms, metaphors, and any of those would They're work. They're too. I almost said oblong. They're too obscure <laughs> to really be metaphors. 
They're too oblong to truly be a metaphor. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, you know, general, vaguely, you know, mystical sayings that are just like the kind of shit that white people in the 90s imagined that everyone in the Pacific Islands talked like. But also, basically. but also... Clarence does this thing where he he clearly tells Mitch to paddle into the ocean and the ants will come to him and then like gives him a face being like, you know, I'm giving you absolute bullshit, right? Like that's the <laughs> face that he makes, which I appreciate it. It's yeah. like a small glance, but I appreciate it because like he knows what he's doing. Um, and oh, yeah. so th- that I like because in most most of these shows or movies, they would not have that extra glance. They would just do it and they'd be like, oh, he's so wise. And he's just like, I'm just a dude who works at the RPG yard, you know? Totally, totally. Um, But yeah, after after that, we get to go see the school for the deaf, um, which starts off. Uh, with one of the teachers leading all the deaf kids in a sign language version of the Pledge of Allegiance. And we do get the entire Pledge of Allegiance. I um, while Kay and Lily watch. It's weird. I hadn't heard it in a long time because I had the last time I did or even heard the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, I, I remember it, but it was kindergarten. That was the last time mm-hmm. like, I did it in kindergarten every day and then never again. Yeah, I I mean, I've never said the Pledge of Allegiance. It's because you were a goddamn commie. <laughs> Fucking panky I mean, over here. <laughs> Whoa, now hold on. Hold on. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I've never said it, though I did when I was 13. Um, Where's this going to go? Come. Uh, oh, it's. It's both worse and better than you think it's going That's to be. That's always a great statement. Um, <laughs> I, I have vivid memories of having created an alternate version of the Pledge of Allegiance. Okay. Um, okay. That I only, I only remember the opening line to, um, and it was Is the, word the fart gamer. Fart in it? No. No, it's worse. Um it was the gamer pledge of allegiance, oh, no. um, which started with "I pledge allegiance to the frag" um, because I was thirteen and thought I was hilarious. Wow, you should. Um, have... And I'm pretty sure I had a full version of it somewhere, but it sounds like something. Thankfully, that has been lost to the sands of it time. It sounds like something from the Control Delete webcomic. Oh, very I... much. I was reading a lot of that comic at the time. As was I, and I was like, "Winter Enmus, the best holiday." The holiday yep. gamers. What? Oh boy! I even yeah own the animated series of Control. Really? Oh, I should. Oh man! I should bring it over. We gotta watch that. I, yes. Wait, do you have anything that plays DVDs? Uh, sort of. I can make it. Work. I have a. I have a PlayStation Four. That should work. Oh yeah! Bring it I'll over. Bring the PlayStation Four, uh, and then. Yeah, we can plug that in and watch. Fuck, why would we do this to ourselves? It's it's oh one God. season, and I don't think they're long episodes. Uh, let's check. Delete show. Oh, my God. It's like on Vimeo or something. <laughs> no, it's not. A workplace 
comedy set in a woman's health clinic, it's not that, my friend. <laughs> it's, it's not that. Unless you're talking no. about Lost, the the uh, that that specific Lost. Lost. I, I it's not Lost. It's Lost. Yes, thank you. Yes. Uh, the animated series. Oh my God! It's from 2005. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, they're like five minute episodes or something. They're short. They're very short. Uh, yeah. Either way, we were wrong. Life is wrong. Take us through the rest mm-hmm. of the scene that I don't like. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Lily is here with her mom and Kay to start learning ASL and the head of the school shows up and tells Lily's mom that, you know, sign language is an ancient thing that people have been doing forever. And really, when you think about it, it's the same as when Hawaiians do their hula dance. It's just a means of communicating. Uh, Do you get it? Do you get it? I really, really fucking hated that line. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... We get to see a bunch of kids doing various, like, learning activities. Um, And they just, like, literally the way it goes is uh, Sharon, Lily's mom, says, what are those kids doing? And the camera pans over to a group of kids and the head of the school explains what they're doing. And then it goes back to them and Shannon's like, and how about those kids? And it pans over to a different group of kids who are doing something else. And it was like... This, oh man, it feels like, it feels like if you were at, um, like a hotel, this would be the, like, you know, information channel thing that was just playing on a loop. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, except the hotel is a school for deaf children and... Your room is a classroom? I don't know. This metaphor falls apart very quickly. I I remember (laughs) distinctly in the mid-2000s going to Vegas, which I've been four times. I think I've discussed this before on the podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is why I am banned from all Pete Rose autograph signings, is because of (laughs) my trip to Vegas. I don't know if I fully mentioned that on the podcast, but you've heard this story before. I have, yeah, yeah. Um, But... It, I say the Venetian, and from what I remember, there was the information channel, and the next channel up was the Playboy channel, and then the channel <laughs> after was the Hustler channel. And then that checks out. after that was WWE dubbed an Italian. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very weird, like, because I, I remember there was, like, a list of things, and I could see, oh, here's what's on. And so you have to go through, and, like, the clicker, it's very slow, so you're like, okay, go. Okay, go. (laughs) And so you're just, like, sitting through just, like, hardcore fucking for, like, 15 seconds (laughs) to get to the more hardcore. Playboy isn't hardcore fucking, but Hustler is. Uh, And then you um, you get to the wrestling and for this, I want to thank Bob Guccione, founder of Hustler, for making <laughs> for a very awkward experience for me in my teenage years. Yeah, man. God. The greatest man I to t- come from New Jersey, Bob Guccione. <laughs> <laughs> he, went to my dad's, you know? he went to my dad's high school. 
Wow. It, it's like him, That's amazing. It's like Bob Guccione, my dad, and Al DiMiola. Those are the three people who went <laughs> to the same high school. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, my God. Weehawk in New Jersey is the dumps, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get through the rest of this scene, um, which basically Lily goes over to be part of one of the activities and she's like trying to be part of it, but is far behind the other kids because, you know, her parents don't believe in sign language. Um, and so she gets frustrated and ends up uh, like biting another kid. And the kid is like totally chill with it. Does not give a fuck. Um, and then her mom like rushes over and pulls Lily away and is like, oh, my God, never mind. We're not doing this. Um, and the principal explains she's only doing this because she's not as far ahead as some of the other kids. Um, and the boy she bit is like, what happened? And the teacher is like, she was just frustrated because she can't sign as good as you can. And the kid's like, Psh, whatever, it's cool. And <laughs> is just like totally chill and keeps talking to his flower. Um, and then Sharon and Lily leave and Kay and the head of the school are disappointed. Um, Great scene. Oscar worthy. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, Then we just get Hobie and Shawty watching surf videos for a while. The scene kind of doesn't matter. Actually, they just sit on a couch and watch surf videos. That's what you get next, because you skipped like three scenes. Um, Oh, no, 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 you're right, you're right. I totally skipped a section of my notes. Um, What we actually get next is uh, Mitch having a montage of paddling while some, like, Counting Crows-style music plays. That's what you get? Yeah. Oh. I, I listened to, like, a second of the music from the other one, because I what I did with this episode, because I was curious after uh, the episode a couple weeks ago where they cut out a bunch from the remaster, I actually had both episodes playing with the remaster on mute, uh, just to see if there were, like, any major differences. But there aren't in this episode, so... It was a waste of my time. I mean, not really, because it took the same amount of time as just yeah. watching the episode. Um, but but yeah, so tell us uh, tell us about the music you get during this little montage here, Michael. So it's a song called Wicked in the Wild, uh, Ooh. which uh, sounds far more erotic than it is. It's performed yeah. by Vasily, who, as we have mentioned before, only does instrumental music. But don't worry, this one has lyrics. And um, this one, it, it's written by someone else who did the lyrics. So he's it's performed by Vasily and written by someone else who does the lyrics, mm-hmm. of which there is one. Uh, there's one lyric. Okay. <laughs> they say eight times, no rest for the wicked in the wild. That's it. So, huh. so it's like a song that's instrumental that's by the silly and it's like it's cool but it's there's some like rock stuff in there and then there's some <laughs> but they needed a lyricist to write no rest for the wicked in the wild eight times <laughs> and they had to credit that and you know what Baywatch thank you for supporting the struggling 
Hollywooded. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I mean, without uh, without Baywatch, how would we have ever gotten just such incredible original songs throughout this entire remastered series? Like, really, you know, these artists two. just deserve awards. There's- yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I personally can't stop thinking about the duo of songs about wanting to fuck your brother. Like, <laughs> we'll never forget about that. <laughs> I hope there's a worse one. I really hope there's a worse one than wanting to fuck your brother. Uh, I kind of do too, just to see what the hell it would even be. What the fuck, your sister? <laughs> yeah, I hope we don't ever um, meet Mitch's dad, so we can't get you know Mitch being like, I want to fuck yeah. your dad. Yeah, because he just wants to fuck. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, the rest of this is basically one of the other guys paddling in this montage is Sonny, the guy who rescued Lily. And then Mitch and Sonny go hang out with Clarence and Mitch gives the necklace to Sonny. And it turns out that Mitch knew Sonny's father. And we already kind of knew that, but. What? Uh, Duke Ellington. Yes, Duke Ellington. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but then Sonny's like, actually, you should have this necklace back because you have to wear it until you are one with the waves. And Clarence gives him a whole no, bunch no, more. No, it's one with the wave inside him. Right. It's very, it's very particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm like, is that like an arrhythmia? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it every like every time you feel the wave in you, your heart stops beating like you should go to a doctor. That's caused from too much. Too much potassium can cause that. Maybe <laughs> stop eating so much like so many gourds. <laughs> stop eating pumpkin all the time. <laughs> God, I really desperately want a scene of just Mitch on the beach on a towel just chowing down on a pumpkin like a watermelon, just like holding slices of it, going to town. <laughs> the Halloween episode where Mitch is just like, yes. Like, the plot of this episode is that Mitch is addicted to pumpkin. Will Shawnee be able to pull him away? Meanwhile, oh my god, Eddie, it, Eddie is a never nude. <laughs> mm-hmm. In this in this episode, Mitch learns to squash his addiction. Oh. Oh, and then, or, and then it's something like Ben. Ben learns a new slang word, and it's hip hop. <laughs> Actually, I want Monty Markham to do that. Where's Monty Markham? I yeah. know, I think he's in next episode, but I miss Monty Markham. I can't believe I'm saying that. I don't know that I do, okay. but you know. <laughs> um. But yeah, after after this is where we get the Hobie and Shawnee watching surf videos scene that I mean, it just kind of it's like vaguely inspirational for Hobie. It's about it. Yeah. Um, And then we get another montage, which is Kay and Lily having fun at an amusement park. While in my version, uh, some genuinely really good, like late 80s, early 90s techno plays underneath it. And I would listen to this song. Like, nice. I would put it on a playlist. It's good. I have to listen to that. Um, yeah. 
I, again, heard a little bit of the song you get. And, uh, well, why don't you once again tell us about some of this delightful original music? Yeah, so this song is called Life is What You Make It by Sherry Mm -hmm. Short. Now, Sherry may be our most successful writer on this show, according to Google, but not according to my research. Uh, (laughs) Literally, the Google little snippet says that she's like a multi-time platinum artist. But that's kind of a lie. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, she's technically written for Ariana Grande. Sure. Well, Ariana Grande was on Nickelodeon. And it's like, yes, yeah, she's written for mm. Miley Cyrus when she was Hannah Montana. And it's like, there's a lot of like, yes, but. So yeah, I, found, sure. I found a Last FM bio of her. And it talks about her being a rising star at only 21. But that bio was written in 2009 and no one updated it. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know. Is she still a rising star? And her website has her showing all the shows she's done music for, for like Drag Race, Blackish, Lucifer, New Girl, Shane, Parks and Rec. But like lots of people do music for those shows. Sure. Everybody we we've basically had doing music does music for those shows. Mm-hmm. So it's impressive, but not like as impressive compared to everyone else we've had on here. Um, but what is impressive is she again works with Crash Cove, our favorite Crash Team Racing track. Uh, nice. But this montage is fun. I guess it's cute. Um, here are the lyrics. They're not great. Uh, actually, you know what, Morgan? Why don't you read the lyrics this time? All right. I don't think I've done this before on the podcast. Maybe like once. Okay, I've split. This is a yes, a lot of lyrics. Some of the lines <laughs> should probably be like shorter uh, or longer there. But the 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 file I got that has the lyrics did it this way. So you can read it this way. Go for it. All right. Um, give me just a second. This is the first time. This is exciting. Um, don't fuck it up. Yeah. Hang on just a second. Don't, like, I don't know, accidentally read the lyrics and then be like, life is what we make it when you want to fuck your brother. Ah, shit. (laughs) Um. Oh, boy. I'm just listening to a brief part of the song. Um, because I was curious and boy, it's something. I don't even remember what it uh, sounds like. That's the problem. It's very soft rock, twinkly, um, not good. Very weird synthesizer under it. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's go through these lyrics. (laughs) Seeing life through your eyes, (laughs) the world, it just seems better. When my arms hold you tight, it's blue skies forever. (laughs) Laughter in your smile, everything is right. I don't want to let go, playing by your side, soaring so high. Life, love creates an echo. Life is what we make it. Dance well, we're young free. Life is what we make it. So take my hand and run with me. Life is what we make. Life is what we make. Life is what we make it. Life is what we make. Life is what we make. 
Life is what we make it. So take my hand and run with me. I would drive through the night. If you're lost, I'll be your shelter. I'll be your safe place to hide. Be the sun through stormy weather. I'll be by your side. Through the darkest night, I will never let go. I'll be down to ride through deep and wide. I'll be there, you know. Life is what we make it. Dance while we're young, free. Life is what we make it. So take my hand and run with me. Big finish, big finish. Life is what we make. Life is what we make. Life is what we make it. Life is what we make. Life is what we make. Life is what we make it. Oh, yeah, listen to me. Life is what we make. Life is what we make it. Life is what we make it. Life is what we make. Life is what we make. Life is what we make it. So run with me. This feels like a song written <laughs> by Itchweed. Uh, yes. <laughs> this song is nonsense. Uh, it, yeah. And it's oddly dark. Like, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's very aggressive uh, for a montage where it's just, K is like, gonna go see... A mechanical shark. Uh, yeah, it'd be, like, it'd be like it'd be like going to see Shamu, right? And you know, <laughs> Shamu is jumping and doing all these like water tricks, and all of a sudden, uh, like uh, Nirvana's "Rate Me" starts playing, and you're like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" It's all of a sudden you're like, "Yeah, this doesn't seem right. This seems a little bit too real for what I'm seeing right now." Uh, this, yeah, like, there's. This song is creating a controversy that is not there at all, <laughs> which is Kate Ditchy. Yeah, I'm curious while we're talking about the songs, I've posted a link to the version, the original version of the episode. I'm, I'm curious if you want to take a quick second and listen to a little bit of the song, what your thoughts on it are. Yes, let me open this up. Let's see. This is like the Candy Cane Land version of a Mortal Kombat song. <laughs> I dig this. Right? It's like genuinely good. It's so upbeat. Yeah. It makes much more sense for the scene, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you're completely right. I would put that on a playlist. Yeah. Um, if I weren't making playlists that all were like depressing. Um, <laughs> I actually did write a playlist that was all about like, songs with water in them and then i got a little bit carried away and was like but what if i do this experimental track and then i gave it to someone they're like michael you have to edit this <laughs> yeah. and i was like i'm sorry i'm sorry i got i started making a playlist for me um because i got carried away and so i had to edit it uh but i would put that on my water soundtrack <laughs> my water <laughs> Um, I did at one point create a playlist on Spotify called Whale Songs. Um, and here, here's the track list. It's very short. Um, it is Cascadia by Said the Whale, Five Years Time by Noah and the Whale, L-A-F-E-G-O-E-S-O-N by Noah and the Whale, The Adriatic by The Lighthouse and the Whaler, Killer Whales by Small Pools, and The Whale Song by Modest Mouse. So that is amazing. I love all. <laughs> um, so when I mentioned I did this playlist, it was for a friend's birthday. Uh, and I actually made them. Oh, two. So it, I made them a real actual good playlist. Don't worry. Like I mm -hmm. it had like 
like Regina Spector on it. Uh, it had Usher and Amy Mann and Elvis Presley and Kareem Bailey, right? Like, it had, like, actual good music. Sure. You know, like some Scissor Sisters, whatever. Um, it's, it's a really good playlist. But I pumped them out by first giving them a few days early a different playlist um, <laughs> that uh, eventually just became all songs about bananas. So uh, it goes, I like bananas because they have no bones. Uh, which is an amazing song. <laughs> uh, I like I like Bananas by Uncle Charlie. Apples and Bananas by Rafi. Bananas and Blow by Ween. Bananas by someone <laughs> called That One Guy. Yes, We Have No Bananas by Louis Prima. It doesn't have a deep meaning, but I like Bananas by Nippon with Chacha. Uh, Badanamu's Bananas. James Jake's Yummy Bananas. Blink-182's <laughs> Toast and Bananas. And, and then a swing revival version of I like bananas because they have no bones. <laughs> I was hoping to get the Space Ghost version. As there's the yeah. best version is the Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Uh, he uh, they did a, a a barbecue album. And so huh. uh, it's amazing. So his song, his version just goes, I like bananas because they have no bones. Macaulay Culkin wasn't home alone. Do 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 something that rhymes with bones, and then uh, sorry, wait, and then he's like something something. Uh, that's when you have a trombone, and then it's like it's like one minute long, and then he's just like I run out of ideas, and that's it. That's amazing. It's beautiful. But you know what's not amazing? The rest of this episode, pretty much. Let's let's finish it up. Well, this scene specific. Um, yeah. So this is Mitch having some like PTSD dreams about Big Monday, uh, and then Lee <laughs> comes in it's and not wakes funny. him up because Mitch is screaming. It's not funny, but it is <laughs> like PTSD nightmares about Big Monday. It's just such a weird sentence. It really is. The fact that they keep calling it Big Monday throughout this entire episode really undercuts how scary it's supposed to be. Yeah, they should have um, called it like Sunday Fun Day. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, Hobie wakes him up and then they have a conversation about fear. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's just what I mean. I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> it's not. And I don't know why. <laughs> Please continue. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, after this, uh, Mitch goes to meet with Clarence and Sonny uh, to have a conversation about how he's been freezing under stress. And this is where we learn Clarence's name. And basically, he's like, hey, when I get stressed, I go into flashbacks and I freeze up. And the Hawaiians are like, you just have to be more chill <laughs> because that's the one emotion we're allowed to express in the 90s. Yep. Um, and then uh, then we get a spooky rowing montage um, and it goes on for a long time and there's spooky music. Yeah. And this is um, where we see that there is a boat called Kanaloa, uh, 
Mm-hmm. And also, there's a DJ who says it's Kanaloa. Only Kanaloa will know it's going to happen. And so in this part yeah. in my notes, um, I decided to list just a few gods they could have chosen instead. That I think would <laughs> be just more interesting. Uh, Enki, Mohan, Indus, Bisu. And then my favorite, Titty Mun. Uh, just because I like <laughs> saying that. Yeah, that's fair. That's it. That's the joke Uh-oh. right there. It's just me getting to say titty. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm the, mature. I just want everyone to, <laughs> to remember that. I'm, I'm mature. Of the two of us, you are older. So That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> exactly. Of the two of us, I'm um, the mature one here. <laughs> um, yeah, after this, we get, like you're saying, the DJ is announcing that today is the day of the big wave. And he starts his broadcast by saying, this is it, dudes and dudesses. <laughs> and I, like I was that. like, that is the most California shit I've I ever love heard. it. Dudesses. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I wanted to use that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's the day of the wave and Mitch is making oatmeal. The perfect surf He can't meal. fuck it up. <laughs> Um, Hobie wants to go surf with his friends, but Mitch is like, nah, we should surf together, dude. Dude, come eat my oatmeal and surf with me. Brother. (laughs) Um, and then Hobie goes to the beach with his friends and his friends are like, come on, don't you want to surf the big wave? And Hobie's like, nah, it's not safe and you don't have to prove anything to anyone. (laughs) So just chill. Um, and the kid's like, fuck you, nerd, and <laughs> yeah. goes off to go surfing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then uh, we get another brief surf montage where Hobie's friend eats shit when he gets hit by a giant wave. Yep. Uh, so Hobie goes to rescue him. And we're going to see this shot over and over. Like, they they really recycled yes. shots in this episode. Oh, yes. Um, eventually, Mitch goes in to help Hobie save his friend. Uh, but before he does, that's right. He freezes for a second because of his PTSD, um, which, yeah, I mean, that is <laughs> entirely reasonable. Yes. Um, and then eventually Mitch pulls the kid out and we get our second scene of Mitch giving CPR to a child this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so much for his whole thing about, uh, no harm to women or children. <laughs> yep. Um, but then just as Hobie's friend wakes up, we look back out at the wave. And what's that? Why, it's Sunny Surfing Big Monday, which, by the way, is the name of my new morning radio show. Is that supposed to be um, Sunny? Like I looked and I couldn't even tell. It looked like just some random. I fight think. Scene. Oh, maybe I assumed it was Sunny because that at least like made sense thematically but again i was watching it at 480p on a 27 inch 4k monitor um it wasn't clear so you know i don't know it did look like a blur yeah. <laughs> um i was just hoping it was because yeah like that would be good writing right. um now let's see we've got two more scenes left one of them is that lily is back in school and she's starting to really love it because she signs to her mom i love you mom and now her mom is on board with it, and that's good. 
And this plot line gets a very fast and very clean wrap up um, that most of the emotional resolution is off screen and we don't get to see it. Um, but then Mitch goes down to the uh, the dead end and meets up with Clarence and Sonny, uh, where Clarence and Sonny give him and Hobie lays and. Mitch gives Sonny back his necklace now that he's become one with the arrhythmia inside of him. Um, and then Sonny is like, as my father gave me this necklace, Hobie, so too is your father giving this to you and puts the necklace on Hobie. And then the episode's over. Yep. <laughs> Anyways. So, uh, yeah. So, Morgan... Uh, a scale of one to ten, with a one is mm-hmm. ruining your food so bad that the smoke alarm goes off, and a ten is getting your boy toy, David Hasselhoff, to talk to you about Wuthering Heights. Where would you put this episode? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say... I'm gonna say it's about a four. It's, I mean, it's kind of boring. Not a whole lot happens in it. It, the death plot line was kind of, eh, at times, but at least it, like resolved well like you know i i get that this was more of a problem like parents not wanting to embrace the deaf community and i'm sure it still is to some extent you know i i really don't have a ton of visibility into the deaf community but from from what i understand it is at least a semi-common problem um that you know was handled about as well as you'd expect from baywatch um Actually, maybe even slightly better because I would have expected them to do much worse. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say a four. I don't think this is one I'll think about again or revisit at all. Um, and I am going to say that a four is the experience of God. The problem is nothing happened in this episode, so I have no good joke to make here. Um I'm going to say that a four is the experience um, of saying a really cheesy pickup line to someone. But unlike in this episode, it doesn't work and you've just fucked up your chances with them. Huh? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, how about how about you, Michael? What's your rating this episode? So I'm going to rate this a five. I think this is just a perfectly average episode of Baywatch. Um, even with the the parts that are hard to watch, like it makes up for it, I guess, by having, as you said, a good resolution of her learning sign language. And the whole Big Monday surfing thing, I'm just like, yeah, this seems very Baywatch. It just seems mm-hmm. <laughs> par for the course. So I'm going to mm-hmm. give it a five and I'm going to say a five is uh, like if you made one giant. Uh, do you know what a triptych is? Uh, I think so, but describe it. To it's me. like a, like a, a art where they do it in three parts. So it's like. Right. All OK. Yeah, yeah. Right. Sure. Uh, sure. So it's a triptych of uh, like a Dilbert strip. A Garfield strip and maybe like a, a like a peanut strip 
Uh, okay. Because they're all just perfectly average. Well, actually, like, Dilbert's kind of horrible now. Um, yeah. I, and Peanuts is great. I don't know. Peanuts has always been, like, whatever to me. <laughs> Garfield, like, I mean, I own a bunch of Garfield stuff that I should burn because Garfield isn't actually that good. <laughs> the, best, the best version of Garfield is the lasagna. Heathcliff? Is what? He, <laughs> is he? I was going to say is lasagna cat. Oh, also that. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't lo- seen Lasagna Cat's videos, it's it's it's, it's an experience. It's not for everyone. Uh, no. If by now, if you've listened to this podcast, you might understand my sense of humor. It's very, <laughs> it's very much my sense of humor. And there's like an ep- there's like a, a video that goes on for an hour that is a hundred percent my sense of humor, but it's not mm-hmm. most people's sense of humor. So uh, I get that it's hard, but they have a bunch of small ones. It's this guy reenacts uh, Garfield comics and makes fun of how self-important the creator of Garfield is and the people who run his estate. Uh, But Mm -hmm. also, I would say this is kind of just like reading Greek mythology, which I don't like that much (laughs) uh, compared to other cultural mythologies. And so now it's from a triptych to a court trick, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's like this episode. It's just, it's, it's, it's not that it's nothing. It's just, it's like not something. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, it really just like it is, it's almost the platonic ideal of a like Baywatch episode because it, it's so just, middle of the road nothingness like it just kind of washes over which i'm fine with i thought it was gonna be yeah. worse same you know i i really did think it was gonna be worse and i'm i'm fine with that yeah now morgan would you like to hear about mm-hmm. the next episode please so our next episode is called sea of flames which sounds Ooh. super amazing uh, and I've seen some of it, and I don't know if that holds up. Uh, All right. So, the Baywatch <laughs> Wiki says, The Baywatch crew crack a seaborne drug ring, and Ben finds love with an aging movie star. Okay. Huh. Here is the Baywatch, here's IMDb summary. Which, of course, is always way too descriptive. After mm-hmm. a drugged-out vagrant, Torches Eddie's lifeguard tower. He, Shawnee, oh, and Detective Lyle Connors investigate to find an illegal mm-hmm. offshore drug laboratory that's distributing a new form of drug called Spice. Well, what? I'm like, yeah, it's turned into <laughs> Dune. Well, yeah. Mitch and Captain Thorpe are trying to convince the local city board to spend more financing for a new wave runner in order to catch the elusive drug dealers. Meanwhile, Ben rekindles an old flame when Maggie James, a former movie actress he adored for 30 years, suddenly shows up at her old beach front house. Uh, huh. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a weird one, huh? Yeah, it's going to be kind of weird. Honestly, the the character I care least about is Ben. Like, I I, I actively yeah. do not... Like, with Monty Markham, I'm, I'm like, you annoy me. Yeah. Then I'm like, I just, I literally do not give a shit. Yeah, there's just nothing to Ben. Like, he occasionally uses a cane 
and is vaguely friendly. That's like the most characterization we've gotten out of that character. Sometimes he stares off into the distance and time passes and you're like, Ben, are you okay? And other times you remember, didn't you blow up in the pilot episode? (laughs) Yeah, he's it's like, eh, he's just he's whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I don't know that I have any final thoughts on this episode because there's just not a lot to think about with this one. So unless you've got anything, Michael, we can uh, we can wrap this bad boy up. One second. I think I had something. Oh, wait. Um, Hold on. Hold on. Uh, (laughs) I saw something. I'm trying to look it up again. And I I think it was important, but now I have to remember if it actually is important. (laughs) No, um, I I did find, though, um, a commercial, a recent commercial of David Hasselhoff for chicken licking, um, uh, and I, I just love that. Uh, oh, speaking of um, David Hasselhoff doing commercials, we should include a link in the show notes to the David Hasselhoff vaccination commercial he did in Germany. Yes, uh, that is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. Yes, yes, uh, it. Look, David Hasselhoff is big with the Germans. We we know that. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still confuses me to this day, even though I have cultural context for it now, that David mm-hmm. Hasselhoff, of all people, is just important. Like, he's important to yeah. me because I watch this show now. And I'm like, I now am like, you know, David Hasselhoff is the actor I watch most frequently now, which is not something I thought I'd be saying a year ago. <laughs> yeah. But still, like, why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, boy. We're really ending this episode what a weird... on an up note, aren't we? <laughs> David Hasselhoff and Baywatch have left such a weird legacy. That's that's for sure. If it, if you want to if I want to brighten anybody's day, all you need to do is talk about Baywatch. I'm talking about Itch mm-hmm. and uh, by anybody mm-hmm. I mean myself. <laughs> um, I'm 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 happy. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Wow, we're really fucking this up. Go to the end of the episode, please. Take us home. <laughs> Yeah, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrap. I am at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T, S-N-I-T. And you'll also please note that uh, I, I think I may have mentioned this episode, last episode, but because of this podcast, I changed my username on Twitter to I'm the guy who shits. Mm-hmm. And I just need. To... Yeah, mine. Mm-hmm. Mine is still George Clooney yes. because of this ep- this podcast. <laughs> I might need to change it um, to. They have a conversation about fear, um, and just see if I <laughs> keep laughing. Yeah, I strongly endorse that. 
And I also strongly endorse all of you coming back here to the beach <laughs> next weekend. And by weekend, I mean Wednesday morning when we release episodes. Big Wednesday. And I also in- <laughs> I also endorse you all remembering about hips, lips, and fingertips. Fear. That's the wall, brother. Fear is the mind killer. Uh, and so is Mitch eating pumpkins. <laughs>